Hi, this is Dr. Karen Wolf, and uh, welcome to Dr. Karen Health Talks. Today we're going to talk about a big topic with a big name, but I'm going to really uh, dilute it down just so you understand the basics of it because there is a lot happening in this field right now in the health and wellness field, and it is called nutrigenomics. Nutri meaning nutrition, and genomics meaning your genes, your genome, and how it's being expressed. So I'm going to really just start with the basics. I'll do some future podcasts to explain some of the more details, like a deep dive into some of the specific things we can be doing. But I'm going to just cover the surface explanation of what nutrigenomics is today. And to do that, we've got to start with our current thinking. So in the 60s and the 70s, there's a belief that there's something called genetic determinism, which means whatever your genes were is what is your genes, and that is your fate, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, that is now different. Our fate is actually not pre-programmed, and we are not victims of our hereditary. We have a genetic predisposition, and how that gets expressed has everything to do with our lifestyle. So that, in a nutshell, is the shift in the paradigm thinking now. So how we got to this shift was with the Human Genome Project. Now, this is... This happened around 1987, 2001. It was over a period of four or five years. And the Human Genome Project was set up to actually map the genes that complete a human being. And it was meant to explain why we have so much diversity in humans and we were going to get to the core of understanding everybody and all the genes, the millions of genes that give us this different variation. Well. A big surprise happened. And instead of the 100,000 plus genes that were expected to be found, they only found 22,000 genes, 22,000 genes in, in the human genome. How can you possibly explain human life with this only 22,000 genes when other animals like worms also have 22,000 genes? So that was the turning point in our new understanding of what we used to call genetic determinism and we now called epigenetics. Epi meaning around the environment. So what is it that gives us this variability? Because we are now finding genetic predispositions and genetic understanding where we can understand why someone can drink coffee, for example, right before uh, going to sleep and it doesn't affect them. Where other people, they've got to stop drinking coffee at like 10 a.m. in the morning because they feel wired. And that has everything with your certain caffeine expression in your genome and how people process alcohol and how certain exercise is better for some people and why certain eating plans are better. So this whole field of genomics that has now opened up uh, is giving us opportunity to customize wellness interventions. It's very, very exciting. And it hinges on another big word. So here we go with another big word. And a shortened version is a SNP. All I want you to know is the word SNP. S-N-I-P. Actually, it's S-N-P, but it's a 
poet SNP. The actual meaning of SNP is single nucleotide polymorphism. Ayah, that's a lot of words. What a SNP is, is it actually gives the variation in the 22,000 genes. It's like a single letter difference in a single word. It's like a spelling change in our DNA. And with the whole alphabet, we have all these variations in changes in expression of these SNPs. And there are actually over 8 million SNPs. We probably will continue to find more and more SNPs, which uh, uh, actually can influence the pattern of health and disease. But just know that only a small amount have been researched enough to make them clinically effective. So we know of a SNP, for example, that uh, for Alzheimer's disease. It's called APOE4. And if someone has an APOE4 gene, that does not mean they're going to get Alzheimer's disease. It just means that there are certain lifestyle factors that when they are introduced, that person is more likely to get Alzheimer's. So here is another very interesting conversation that we'll have in another podcast about the, the ethical issues related to doing genetic testing. Because a lot of people, all they hear is, oh, I have the Alzheimer's SNP, so I'm going to get Alzheimer's. No, 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 no. The right way of thinking is, oh, I have the Alzheimer's SNP, so I have got to practice the lifestyle factors that switch off that SNP because it's like a light switch. It switches on or it switches off. It's also there's a dimmer switch as well, but to make it easy for you, if you have a certain SNP that predisposes you to certain disease processes, then you need to know the lifestyle factors that keep that gene switched off. Now, I've had my genome tested by a, a company, and I found that I have certain, certain detoxification pathways. I have SNPs that interfere with detoxification of my body. So by me knowing that, that would mean that practicing good whole food eating and making sure my liver is nice and healthy and clean and getting plenty of exercise and sleep, all the factors that support detoxification are really important for me. So it actually gives us information that helps compliance of lifestyle factors. So these SNPs are fascinating, as I said, there are only a handful of SNPs, I would say a small percentage, about 80 or so SNPs that are being clinically effective. And in another podcast, I'll actually go through some of those SNPs. And if you have any genetic testing, it's good for you to know which ones to ask for. So before we move on to SNPs, I want to do another definition because I talked about nutrigenomics. Now, nutrigenomics is how our genes are behaving. So that's what I've been talking about. You might have a certain set of genes, and that's called nutrigenetics. So nutrigenetics is when you get your genes tested and you find certain SNPs, like the APOE4 or the MTHFR, which is how you methylate folic acid. And you just get a readout of what your genes are. That's called nutrigenetics. But that's not enough, because nutrigenomics is how those genes behave. And 
how we can silence certain genes or how we can activate certain genes. And that's what's really important to make the testing effective. And then epigenetics is how we actually use our environment, our diet and exercise and stress to impact our genes and our genomics. So those are those three terms, nutrigenetics, the actual genes themselves, and SNPs. Nutrigenomics is how they, those SNPs are behaving. Are they being switched on or are they being switched off? And epigenetics is then, what do we do with our lifestyle to get our maximum effectiveness over our testing? So uh, this is a fairly new field, as I said, and I want to just mention a few markers or SNPs that just exemplify how effective this testing can be to personalize wellness information. And I'm going to be using my terms very particularly, my language, because it's so important to understand that just because you have the SNP does not mean you're going to get the disease. And the APOE4 marker is a great example of that. It's a capital A, little P-O, capital E, number four, APOE4. Now, this is a genetic marker. Now, I say the word marker. It's not a determinant. It's a marker for Alzheimer's disease. It's got a lot of attention. But is this a mark of inescapable fate? No, no, no. Uh, in nutrigenomics, so the nutrigenetics is the actual test for the marker. A nutrigenomics explanation is that a person with the APOE4 marker is highly susceptible to the dangerous effects of a diet high in saturated fat, sugar, and a sedentary lifestyle. This comes straight from Dr. Jeffrey Bland, who's the father of functional medicine. So, in nutrigenomics, if you have the APOE4 marker, that means you are more susceptible to the dangerous effects of a diet high in saturated fat, a diet high in sugar, and a sedentary lifestyle. And so we would design a lifestyle to reduce your risk. And that's what makes this so, so powerful. So in uh, 2001, there was a study in the archives of neurology, and um, Dr. Susan Kraft, who's a neuropsychologist, confirmed this conversation we are having, which is that the results suggested that a diet may be a powerful environmental factor that modulates Alzheimer's disease risk. Don't you love those words? Diet is a powerful environmental factor that modulates Alzheimer's disease risk, meaning it switches off that marker, perhaps. I'm saying perhaps because, again, we are discovering this, and more and more research is certainly pointing directly here, which is why we focus on this SNP so much. So, but let's talk about epigenetics generally to reduce your risk of Alzheimer's. So let's complete the story, and let's look at a total holistic lifestyle approach to reducing your risk of dementia, particularly Alzheimer's. Don't we all want that? We want a brain that's alive and thrives right to the end. So first of all, 
if you have the ApoE4 gene, you want a diet that is not high in saturated fats. And you also want to test your homocysteine. Homocysteine is a, that's my little doggy that he's saying yes to that, my little West Genie Island area. Uh, test your homocysteine level. It's a blood test and it increases your risk of um, chronic inflammation, which is what Alzheimer's is considered, chronic inflammation. You also want to reduce your risk of insulin resistance, and that's why you want a, a diet that's low in processed refined sugar. You want to stimulate your brain. Yes, use it or lose it. And you want to reduce your exposure to toxic substances. So these are just some of the lifestyle factors that will help you reduce your risk of Alzheimer's. Now, uh, there is a saying that I don't always, I don't always use because um, I don't like uh, necessarily the reference to guns, but I will say to you that um, genetics is might load the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger. It's all about our environment and whether these genes and the SNPs and the markers get expressed or not. So I hope this has been a helpful introduction to nutrigenetics, nutrigenomics, and epigenetics, and SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms, and the uh, Genome Project. I know we've covered a lot, but you can listen again. And all I want you to do is kind of get this flavor where we can now actively use genomic testing to customize and personalize wellness interventions. And I'm just touching the surface. I've just talked about one little SNP. There are many effective SNPs around inflammation and methylation and detoxification that are so, so helpful to personalize wellness interventions. And I believe the people are more compliant when they understand and can measure why they are following certain lifestyle practices. So. Until we meet again, this is Dr. Karen Wolf. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dr. Karen Health Talks, and I will be talking to you again soon. Bye for now.